the first bit that I, I look at is whether there are more vegan that are women. So there are the most vegan in the world are women. And I, I think probably is the least controversial of all these assumptions because I think most people will say yes, and I will tend to agree. How much there are, that's what might vary. But what you, you've been around for a long time in the vegan woman, you will have a very pretty good idea about this. Is yeah. it true? Is it true that most, most vegans are women? Most definitely. Most vegans are women. And before I even set up Viva, which is coming up for 30 years, um, I worked for another organization, which uh, was the Vegetarian Society, um, before veganism had become as popular as today. And um, the number of women that were vegetarians far dominated. Welcome to Vegan Reflections, where I, Jordi Kazamijana, has a conversation with another vegan about the subject I wrote the month before on veganfda.com. The guest of episode four of Vegan Reflections is Juliette Gladley, founder and director of Viva. In 1994, Juliette founded Viva, one of the biggest vegan charities in Europe. She also launched Viva Poland in 2001, one of the biggest animal protection groups in Central Europe. Juliette has created and launched numerous campaigns and written several reports, guides, and books, including The Silent Art Born to be Wild, Vegan New Parents Guide, Healthy Vegan Kids, Why You Don't Need Dairy, and Nutrition in a Nutshell. She has filmed and exposed many factory farms, severely embarrassing major companies and supermarkets, many of which change policies. Juliette filmed at the notorious Hopwood Peak Farm that supplied Tesco and is producer of the documentary Hotwood, a modern horror story, airing in Netflix in 2022 and 2023. Juliette and her team created the first vegan cinema ad and Viva's first vegan TV ad. Juliette is an inspirational, fun and informative speaker and has made many media appearances across the world. She has a degree in zoology and psychology, diploma in direct marketing, and is a qualified nutritional therapist. Well, hello, Juliet. How are you doing? Hello, I'm very well. How are you, Jordi? Oh, I'm perfectly well. I'm a bit kind of uh, looking forward to spring because it's just started to feel a little bit like a spring here in London. You are, are you down there in, in Bristol? Um, yes, I am. Our offices are in Bristol, yeah. Excellent. Well, thanks for being the guest of the fourth episode of Vegan Reflections, in which we reflect about articles I've written, subjects that I've written about the month before. And this one is very timely because March is the Woman History Month. Mm -hmm. So it's good to talk about women in many respects. There's also Mother's Day. There are many days in this month that have to do with women. And this uh, subject is going to be about whether veganism is led by women, because that's the title of the article wrote. The title is, Is Veganism Led by Women? Mm -hmm. So that's the subject we're going to be discussing about. Uh, you can obviously, any any people watching this, can read the article in veganfta.com in the section of blogs, in the section uh, under the article section, and they can read everything about what I wrote. But essentially what I did is an analysis of whether this is true, whether veganism is led by women, whether there are more vegan women than men, whether they are uh, more in one type of uh, dimension of veganism than the other. Sometimes trying to look at the numbers, trying to look at the theories behind them. But before I just start, let me just explain clearly that when, what I mean by women, I mean people identify as women. Of course, not everybody that looks like men or women identify themselves as men or women, and not all people are trans identify themselves one or the other. So when uh, we use this term in this article, in generally I mean anybody identify as woman because I won't know exactly who, how people identify themselves. I will have to make many assumptions. And obviously when I do calculations, I look at names, I look at pronouns, things like that, but I won't know, I just the assumptions really. But, but essentially to simplify it when we say, when I say woman, I mean people identify as woman. Uh, but the, the, I look at very several things. First, I look at whether there are more women in the vegan movement as such, then whether the organizations that are uh, vegan organizations or animal rights organizations are led by women, then the business. I, I'll look at all these things, and we can just go through those through the conversation. But the first 
bit I, I look at is whether there are more vegans than women. So there are the most vegans in the world are women. And I, I think probably is the least controversial of all these assumptions because I think most people will say yes, and I will tend to agree. How much there are, that's what might vary. But what you've been around for a long time in the vegan movement, you will have a very pretty good idea about this. Is yeah. it true? Is it true that most, most vegans are women? Most definitely. Most vegans are women. And before I even set up Viva, which is coming up for 30 years, um, I worked for another organization, which uh, was the Vegetarian Society, um, before veganism had become as popular as today. And um, the number of women that were vegetarians far dominated. Um, <clears throat> but it was quite interesting, actually, because I used to work a lot with young people and a lot of the young people coming through that were vegan were male um and i noticed that that difference that so um by far the most women who sorry by far the most people that were vegetarian were women but the ones that were coming through as totally committed was more even however as veganism has become much more popular um as it is today and the the movement is again dominated definitely by women um in terms of backing that up i suppose in terms of an organization obviously there's a bias because You've then got to look at why people join an organization. But if you look at Viva, for example, like I just said, we've been around for pretty much three decades. Um, we've always been more supported by women than men. And in terms of um, all the events that we've done, the actions, the festivals, the street activism um, have always garnered more support from women than from men. In terms of members now, we're about three quarters female, one quarter male. So, you know, quite a significant difference there. I would rather it was more even, actually, you know, as, as we evolve and, you know, um, attract more people from every walk of life. But that is the reality. Women definitely dominate. And, yeah, it's very interesting looking at why that is the case, of course. Yeah, that's um, what I, gonna, I kind of was going to ask you this obvious question, because I, in my article I mentioned some of the reasons that people say why that happens, but I don't really dwell that much or I didn't analyze that much why but you might have an idea. So what do you think that happens? Yeah, so um, obviously really hard to just give one answer. It's like, you know, trying to answer why people go vegan itself. If there was just one answer, we would use it and everybody would be vegan. In terms of um, gender differences, it's nothing surprising there. I was spe speaking to some university students very, very recently and they were being very honest about it and saying that the expectations on men is still different from the expectations of women in terms of their roles within society. And so you start looking at things like, well, I started to back that up and look at actual research, which I've done for many years through Viva. It hasn't really changed. The results haven't changed that dramatically, to be honest. They're still saying the same thing. So one of the studies, for example, looked at the role of empathy. So how empathetic are women versus men? Um, and the other thing that they looked at, what are the human to human relationships versus human to animal relationships? What they were basically looking at, cut it short, short, was that men more expect to be dominant or want to be dominant within their role within society. Um, they're more likely to say something like humans are superior to animals. It doesn't matter that we consume animals. A woman is more likely to question that. And one of the reasons these particular psychologists put forward is because men are taught from a very young age that they should be dominant and that's the way that they should feel. Whereas women are taught to be more empathetic from a very, very young age. So women therefore find it easier, if you like, because society's taught them that it's fine and good, more than fine, it's good, it's beneficial to show empathy to others. And so what they're saying is the human to human relationships, because men do have different relationships, you know, um, say male friendships are different to female friendships and how they put themselves across. It's really interesting because just on a, you know, a, an anecdotal level, but you hear this over and over and over, I'm not saying anything new. Men will say, oh, when I go out with the blokes, um, we tend to talk about more superficial things. We more rib each other, you know, take the piss out of each other, have a laugh. And women, obviously, they do that to some degree. And I'm doing this a total broad stroke, you know, here. Um, but they will say, no, we tend to talk more deeply about things. We know about each other's lives in more depth. Um, so, so there are differences in terms of those relationships. So what the psychologist was saying 
those human to human relationships dictate the human to animal relationships as well. So a woman is more likely to show compassion and be um, able, sorry, excuse me. A woman is more able, if you like, or feel she's more able to show compassion than a man when an animal is suffering. And men still feel like they're being weak in some kind of way if they admit that they care about animal cruelty, which is a really sad indictment on the way, you know, we're still bringing up men and women and, and so that people actually feel that way. Yeah, and, and in terms of numbers, because, <laughs> because I've seen some uh, quotes uh, repeated again and again that we're talking about 80% of women, 20% of men. And then when I tried to look really at the source of this information, it didn't mm. stack up. So there was a, an, an article from 2014 that was only talking about vegetarians and vegans mm. in a particular study. And that has been extrapolated and exaggerated. When I've been looking more at uh, studies that I think are reliable, they don't go that high. They go up up to seventy, the most, and it does seem that if we look at the most current ones. It's going down. It's going more towards the, between the sixty percent and the seventy percent. Uh, is yeah, it? I think. I think. Sorry. Yeah, no, I was just going to say to explain to people um, when, say, for example, Waitrose do did the survey, which they did relatively recently on two thousand people. Obviously, only a small percentage of those. I think they found around um, two, about three point five percent of people were vegan um and obviously more were vegetarian but that relates or, or turns into very few people in the actual study yeah and that's the problem isn't it because what you're yeah. saying is so you end up with say 50 people who are vegan in a study and then you're trying to extrapolate from that to the whole of society the gender differences i'd say though from the day-to-day -day workings um within viva because obviously i'm dealing with people who are going vegan i have been for a year for very very many years that there's a that it's still definitely truth true that is definitely dominated by women. I know joining an organisation is separate, but even if you look at donations as a separate thing, it's still dominated by women. And if you look wider than that, if you look at something like who cares about animal welfare causes for the UK, if you dig deeper, because a lot of things are thrown around if you Google it, but if you actually dig deeper and look at the research most definitely is quite interesting this when you look at charitable causes and the differences between men and women and what they support for some types of charities the differences between women men and women are negligible they, they're not significant at all but for animal welfare of all charitable causes the difference between men and women is huge 70% more supported by women that is a massive statistic so there's definitely something going on i think where women feel that they um, are able to um, declare to the world that they really care about animals. And if you really care, you don't consume them. And men have a lot more difficulty with that. So in terms of, it's very interesting for an organization like Viva, obviously, because we're trying to bring more men in. So I don't know if you've noticed, but we do a lot more, for example, on sports, on bodybuilding and using, um, men who have taken the decision to be compassionate for animals and they you know and they're still top of their game and that has a lot of influence with other men um if you look at the environment because the climate crisis and the wildlife extinction crisis are obviously getting more prominent now if you look at the male female difference in terms of caring for the environment it's almost negligible so I think as a vegan movement we have to use that to appeal more to men but because they genuinely still will not admit to caring for animals until they've actually gone vegan and then they become a lot braver and they're actually much more prepared to stand up for their true beliefs. But getting to the men to that point is significantly more difficult than getting women to that point. So that, that, that and so still, because therefore, because still the majority of people within the UK go vegan for animals, definitely more women are vegan than men. Right, right. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and uh, yeah, even, yeah, you're right about the statistics there. The, the samples are too small to make any conclusions, but they are consistent that there are always mm. more women than men. And it could be 60, 70, 80. And I think 80 probably is too much. Probably we go talking somewhere between the 60 and 70. Uh, and it might change over time because campaigns like yours might work and might make more people, uh, more more men becoming vegan. So in a few years, we might 
get a 50-50%. What is also interesting is the next uh, part of my article is looking at who leads the organizations, both the animal rights organizations that uh, promote veganism and also the vegan organizations that don't fit the idea of animal rights as such, but they promote the concept of veganism. And when you look at who run them, like yours, they are often run by women and also have in the leadership teams, the majority are women. And that's far more easy to quantify because you can go and look and count. As, look, obviously you don't have to make assumptions with the names, you might, not, you might get it wrong sometimes, but tend to be right. Therefore you can make good conclusions. And then the, the percentage are quite high here, higher, are consistently, between uh, uh, 70 and 80%, some more, and uh, even PETA and, and organizations like that, even more than that. And so is that just because there are more vegan women or there is something more than that? I think it'd be extremely sad in a, in a, in a movement that's dominated by women who've you know sort of forged ahead to change society in the way that we have. There has been a food revolution. Um, and an attitude revolution, it'd be really sad if that movement that was dominated by women was then led by men. <laughs> so I'm really, really glad um, and pleased that it is the case that it is more led by women. I think I think um, just to give you again um, some really concrete examples within Viva, when um, jobs come up which are more strategic in their thinking, that are more visionary, creative, um, and admin based, many more women apply for those roles. So the likelihood of you employing a woman, therefore, is is very much higher, as simple as that. And the roles that are more technical, like say, for example, web manager, um, you know, those kind of roles or IT manager, suddenly the male applications <laughs> shoot through the roof in comparison to women. So I'm afraid all the things that you know when i was at university it was really massively hot topic this whole thing about nature versus nurture in terms of what jobs women and men ended up doing and there being various experiments on it and here we are all these years later still saying the same things you know it, it, it's 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 true so i think in answer to your question i think yeah Definitely um, the fact that many more women are vegan and applying for the roles is obviously going to influence who becomes the leaders, because if you then end up with a leader, like, say, for example, I founded Viva, and so I've directed it for, for a long time now, um, I am hopefully not going to have the biases that a lot of other organisations and institutions out there do. Um, I was, you know, one of my friends um, works for one of the big banks, so I won't name at the moment, but you know, they still are stuck in something that I would see as, and hopefully you would see as being very old fashioned, this patriarchal sort of system where men are in positions of leadership and they tend to choose other men for positions of leadership, even when there are very good women, you know, applying for those roles. Um, and, and there's all this study in this particular bank on unconscious bias, as it's called, um, trying to, you know, negate all that. We don't need that at Viva because, you know, I don't feel that way. Um, I'm, I, I'm proud of nurturing women and I really hope that when women leave the organisation, they feel in a much more confident position to apply for roles of leadership um, elsewhere. Um, and that, 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 is, that is one of my aims, actually, because we do still live in a society where men are favoured in certain ways in terms of salaries and um, leadership roles and the rest of it. So it's really nice to be able to be part of booking the trend, actually. I mean, our head of investigations, where people have got these really narrow views, women do this, men do that. Our head of investigations is a woman, Lex. You know, so doing, you know, very brave jobs, in my opinion, in terms of going inside places that most of us would recoil from having to do. Um, and I'm proud of that. I think I think it's absolutely fantastic that the, the key roles within Viva are, are, are women. That's not to negate the roles that the men have got, because obviously the men are doing really important work too. That quickly say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but it's absolutely fantastic. Having said all that, I would absolutely love for more men to be applying for, you know, the more strategic thinking roles. I, I really would, because I think in a workplace... A healthy balance, which you know is more equal, it you know has a lot of benefits. So, yeah. But and what what do you think uh, happened in the past? Because are we talking about uh, this scenario where 
most organizations are led by women being in the norm always or used to be led by men and now it's becoming led by women. And if that's the case, when they make the seat or is a pendulum of dominance. I use in this term in, in my article where there was periods where men then periods where women, because yeah. obviously 19th century, I remember 19th century, clearly women were leading veganism and vegetarianism and all these sort of things. But in other periods, you can, you just, at least when you look back in history, it seems that only men appear in our members. Yeah. So are we talking about a pendulum of dominance or used to be men and now is women? I, th I think it is the pendulum uh, partly of dominance within society now. It, yeah. It's, you know, it, it, a woman like myself, I was able to go to university. I was the generation when women started really going to university. You know, my mother's generation, it was still very, very unusual. So things were starting to change. So it became less unusual for a woman like me to set up my own organization and to be the driving force behind it. If you go back in time, though, even though more women were, let's say, vegetarian back then than men, obviously, you know, it was still the case. More men would have been leading the organizations because it was just unacceptable. Um, and, and most women found it impossible to take those kind of positions for all sorts of reasons that, you know, um, but a woman was expected to get married. It was expected that the, the in a middle class household, certainly um, in an upper class household, that the man would be bringing in the, 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 the money and the woman would have the children and stay at home. Um, whether she's looking after those children directly or or running the household and paying servants to do it, whatever, she was not expected to be the one that was you know going out to work. So even when I started at the Vegetarian Society, um, you know, I'm going back to when I was in my 20s. Um, the actual council, the structure of, because just to explain, charities have a structure where they have a council or they're called trustees, um, like the equivalent of a board of directors. They were often male dominated, often middle-aged to elderly men who would dominate it, even though a lot of the staff would be women. So the ultimate power actually rested with men largely. And that has definitely changed in mm. my adult lifetime a lot um, where the trustees are changing and much more mixed up and where women themselves, because we're, you know, we, we, you know, we're well educated now, we're going to university, we're coming out. And because there's more of us, it's much more likely um, that we're going to take those vegan jobs. So, it, it, yeah, so definitely that that pendulum of power, it has swung um, in favour of women in terms of leadership within the vegan movement. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, when I try to quantify this, I was looking at the leadership teams, but I also look at, at the boards. Mm. You're right. So all, almost all the boards I can see now, where there is information in the website, sometimes there isn't, uh, the, the majority are women. So, uh, so now there is not just the CEO tend to be mm. women, not just the leadership, but also the board tend to be yes. women. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's quite clear in terms of organizations that that is constant through, uh, at least in the West, I don't know in other, in other regions, but at least in the West, that seems to be a pattern. And I also saw it in vegan media. Any organization that is, could be classed as vegan media tend to be run by women. But there are two sections of veganism where I, I'm not quite sure that's the case. And in, in some, some information might indicate that perhaps still men dominate that. One is business. So it does seem that in terms of business, there's still people running vegan, uh, sorry, vegan companies that produce vegan products and investment that they receive, they tend to be still more shifted toward men. So there was this uh, vegan woman uh, summit has happened every year, organized by Jennifer Stokovic, and she did some research. And she found that only 3% of the investments were towards women-led vegan companies, uh, few, just a couple of years ago. Uh, so that they were basically trying to change that and get more people involved, more women involved, and it's happening, but there seemed to be an issue there. And the other, is activism. Often people have been saying that this that you only see vegan activists that are male because they see two or three or four very known celebrity vegan activists all the time. And that gives an impression that activism might be more dominated by men. And I tried to quantify it a little bit by looking at how many images in the web in Google searches come out male and female. And it, it does seem that the closer we look at now, the, the more balance we find between the two genders, and perhaps more now women than five years ago, and more than uh, 10 years ago. But uh, 
there is no data there really. There is no hard data yeah. to identify. But what do you think? Do you think that activism, street activists, as opposed to running the organizations or being vegan, do you think that activism perhaps is no longer dominated by women? I, I think activism actually, there's always been more men than in terms of joining the organization or donating to the organization. It seems to um, attract men. Once they've gone vegan, they seem to be um, willing to show that commitment by being out there and actually doing something for what they believe once they've made that switch. Um, there definitely does seem to be I mean, again, I can't quantify it and actually give you actual percentages, but it's something that I noticed right back from my 20s that men were more prepared. When I say more prepared than women, I mean by, by a percentage, you know, in terms of a ratio of those men that had gone vegan, they were more prepared to be active. Um, and I would say that's probably still true today. But therefore, in terms of street activism, we've you know we've always focused and nurtured street activism at Viva. But we would still have many more women doing the activism simply because there are many more females mm. who are members of the organisation. But there are more men there than you would expect from our membership figures. It, it, it's um, Instead of, say, say, being something like 75-25, you'd expect it to be more like 60-40, maybe even 55-45 in favour of women. But there's definitely um, men are prepared to turn out for stuff like that, even though they don't they don't donate to you, they don't join you. Um, but they've gone vegan and they want to shout for their beliefs. And I think it's quite interesting when you look at something like YouTube, which obviously had a massive influence, you know, social media I mean, it only took off in relatively recent years, didn't it? I can remember it was only 2016 we got our first social media manager. That's only seven years ago. Um, and when you look, I think, at probably the people who are prepared to um, challenge other people on the streets and have that kind of um, uh, way of operating, uh, it tends to be more male-orientated. But... I would not say that YouTube is, you know, the voice of veganism is dominated by men because there are a hell of a lot of successful women on YouTube. But if you notice it, I was in fact looking through recently, the, 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 the women tend, tend more to do the lifestyle, beauty, travel, recipes, uh, bringing up your family, uh, perhaps bringing their partner into it, um, celebratory, positive, gentler, I suppose, um, whereas men tend to swing towards being a bit more confrontational and right. enjoying the debate. And I think, you know, <laughs> again, that's perhaps, you know, sort of sees itself out on a street level where perhaps men are attracted to being on a stall and actually talking to people and debating the issues that they find that attractive. Could um, it be what you just said earlier, that perhaps men are more taught to be domineering, therefore their goal is I need to win that argument. So, and if they win the argument, they feel satisfied, they will record it and show it to everyone. You see, I won the argument. And then other men see that, I also want to win arguments, let me do the same thing. And then it becomes a style of activism, of the prove me wrong type of thing, which started with Joey Carlsberg and Winters and all these, and then of course, if you if you start with a particular agenda more than other, that generates more interest from people of that gender because they see more images similar to them. But that's what I was trying to calculate when I did this uh, analysis in the images because of obviously it doesn't tell you the reality; it only tell you the perception or the interest uh, of the media and, and and the social media. And and I think when you start seeing more females from. To ten years ago to now is when you see you see Greta Thunberg coming in, uh, Tash Patterson, these these female activists yeah. that they are now appearing more than they used to be before. Before it was just the two or three guys that were criticized precisely for being just two or three guys dominating almost all the platforms. And I think we're getting more equal now uh, in, in, because these couple of people they're appearing. But again, this could be a coincidence because like my legal case, when my legal case was there. All the social media was showing me a middle-aged white man for a, for a period. It looked like that is the only thing about veganism. But that's because the coincidence of a particular event or a particular person. And I think if we look it through the years, perhaps the whole thing gets more balanced. Um, but the, the, the other thing, 
I, I, I was thinking is, do you think that this is changing? Do you think that uh, in 10 years time, in 20 years time, we won't see any gender discrepancy in any of the aspects of veganism? What do you think? Yeah, it's definitely changing, massively changing. I mean, when I was, again, going back to my 20s, I just mentioned it because I focused on youth work then. So I was doing, I did literally hundreds. I'm not exaggerating. I stopped counting after my first 100 school talks. Um, and I was talking mainly to 15 to 18 year olds. So they were people who got to the point in life where they could um, analyze the issues and decide for themselves what they thought and getting to the point where they could actually take action in terms of you know, buying power, what they were gonna um, take control over their lives, what they were gonna buy. And over the years, um, I would say right from the beginning, there was, a, there was a, a male, female, not a difference in perception. And this is the key thing, what I really wanna make clear. It's not that men don't care. It wasn't that those teenage boys didn't care. Absolutely, I've probably spoken to more teenagers on this issue than probably anybody, I was gonna say on the planet, that sounds like a ridiculous claim, but I did literally speak to tens of thousands of young people. And um, what the difference was, was this how you put yourself across in front of your peers. So the people who would laugh when animal cruelty was shown would be the boys, it wouldn't be the girls. The girls would openly show the horror, the actual genuine feelings and weren't afraid of showing that and sort of go, <gasps> you know, the natural reaction to something like that. Some of the boys would like say snigger or giggle, but it would only be a small percentage, but it would always be boys. And I would talk to them afterwards and just have these one-to-one -one conversations. So it adds up to a hell of a lot of conversations. And I can promise you, hand on heart, they cared every bit as much of the girls when you actually started to talk to them on a one-to-one -one level. But they didn't know how to show their perception of something that they found gross um, in an upsetting way in front of their friends. Whereas the girls, were fine to show that they were upset. So going back to those, it's like what society's dictated, how we put ourselves forward as a man or as a woman. As time has gone by, I've definitely noticed in all the talks that I've done that um, uh, another thing is that the audiences have changed. Today, I very easily get 50% of my audience being men, whereas a few years ago, it would be like 75% women. So more women, so that's a big positive change. But in terms of like the whole organization, we've noticed that we're getting a lot more inquiries by men, that um, when we um, organize events, when we're talking to people, it'll be normal for it to be 50% men, whereas once it wasn't. Um, so if you talk about societal changes, then I mean, God, I, I mean, I really hope to God that there are genuine changes. But I do mix a lot with sort of like young people simply because I have twin sons who are 20. Mm. So I'm with them and their peer group a lot. And you kind of hear how they approach each other. The whole attitude of men towards women and women towards men, not just on veganism, but, you know, wider than that it is, is, I think we forget, but it has changed beyond recognition. They say things that simply would not have been heard when I was their age. Um, you know, it's not that just that men are expected to behave in a certain way. Women are expected to behave in a certain way. And all this has been shaken up so, so, so very much. And I'm not saying it's perfect. You know, um, people can give me a million examples where it's not, but it's definitely going in a direction where both men and women are less afraid to be who they really are and say what they really think and take a stand on issues that count. Obviously, with the climate crisis and the wildlife extinction crisis, I think that's bringing to the fore for a lot of young people because they feel it's you know their planet that they're fighting for. Um, I think that's helping animal rights in many perspectives because it's getting you know rightly mixed in with those arguments and people are starting to make the you know connect the dots between these things and human attitudes that dictate that we can destroy our planet without a second thought also dictate that we can keep billions of animals in factory farms without a second thought and it's shaking up those old attitudes definitely is happening with young people i'll go and do like i did a talk at bristol university with about 100 people i'd say actually there was in fact i counted them there were slightly more boys than girls um or men than women 
in that talk and the attitudes of it's it's revolutionary actually in many in many cases and and the thing is in the uk that something like 40 percent of people are now going to university so they've ha they have this incredible opportunity to shake up their values be challenged by other people their own age exposed to veganism and environmental issues in a way that simply did not happen in the uk just a generation ago yeah yeah so course, yes things are changing yeah and of course this new generation the younger generation have a completely different view of gender that the older generation had and and that also had to have an effect because as as we keep kind of concluding in this conversation the difference mostly seemed to come for what people's expectations to behave in a particular way had to be yeah. because society told them you are from this gender you have to think like that you have to behave like that we expect you to do that otherwise you're done and you're not a male you're not a female you're betrayed yeah. and that you're not this or you're not that this is a very black and white cisgender old-fashioned point of view that new generations don't have they are more understanding of the nuances and the in the spectrums and the differences and therefore they don't feel the pressure oh, i have to do this because that's the gender that i assign myself because they might have assigned themselves a gender that is not archetypical or stereotypical as all the generations were and i think that obviously will continue because that's a generational thing they will become people in power they're younger generation now but they will be running things and the whole world will be moving in that direction and i think I think you're right that that, that, that this will balance, will balance the, the discrepancies between genders that we find today, I think will be balanced, either because they will be completely 50% each, or there will be a middle non-gender, non-male, non-female dominating group in the middle that will also have an influence over the other two genders. But, but talking about today, at this particular moment, as opposed to in the future when things might be better, today we still, if we have a society uh, where we have veganism dominated by women in numbers and in control, in decision-making, in, in running organizations, there is an issue of responsibility as well. So that means anything that the vegan movement does now that is right or wrong falls into whoever's running it. And yeah. do you ever feel somehow that the... Uh, that any wrong aspect of veganism, whatever that might be, people might think either the concept has been diluted or there's still uh, too many plant-based people that don't adopt the philosophy. Whatever people might feel is a weakness of the movement, uh, that is because it's run by women. Do you feel a sense of responsibility from, in the, for, for, in the, in, from this point of view? Is that an issue that had, uh, had the, the been reversed would be seeing a different movement today? Uh, sorry, your sorry. The audio went a bit difficult then, and I right. didn't actually hear the the key the key bit right. where you actually the, the examples that you're giving. Sorry, can you say that again? Yeah, yeah. The, the, basically, the, the the issue is whether the, the issue of responsibility, whether the veganism shortcomings, anything that is not quite working there, anything that is not quite right. For instance, uh, some people say that the concept of veganism has been diluted too much. A lot of people say, I'm vegan and eat eggs. I'm vegan and I need, and that's one element that people might even say, this is a wrong direction it's going. Or people might say, there's okay. still a lot of racism in the vegan movement. Whatever is wrong will be a matter of whoever running it to sort it out. So it must be an element of responsibility. And do you ever feel that, well, if, if it had been reversed, if the majority of people running these organizations would have been male of, or men, but perhaps that would not have happened. Perhaps it would have happened differently. Have you ever thought about this? I mean, this is a whole, a whole different conversation, really, because a lot of people say the opposite, that in fact, um, the vegan movement is, is um, too up its own what's-it. And in fact, that it isn't embracing the wider you know, mm. public because it's not plant-based, as you just put it, enough. So we have every criticism thrown at us as a movement because everybody has their own ideas of what that perfection is. Of course, perfection doesn't exist. My, my own view in terms of from Viva's perspective, we're not here to be a club for vegans by vegans. The whole point of Viva was to influence meat eaters, dairy eaters, fish eaters, egg consumers to actually make them look at the impact of what they're doing and to empower them to have control. So, the, you know, this whole debate about what really is veganism and are you really a perfect vegan and are you a vegan because, you know, 
like somebody quite well known as just being criticized because he apparently bought a dog instead of rescued a dog. Therefore, he's not actually a vegan. I, I actually find these kind of conversations, it's fine to take place because the philosophy of a movement should be debated. It's how they're debated that worries me. Um, and I know I don't think you can blame that on the leaders of the vegan movement, because I hope that by example, the leaders of the vegan movement have actually been, you know, certainly at Viva, we've been very welcoming of everybody and tried to have a congratulatory approach. But you cannot, you know, control the way people, you know, once when you get involved with the issues of veganism, one understands, everybody understands that the... Um, the emotions that you feel. I mean, when I come out of a factory farm, you feel like you're living in some kind of dystopia. You can't quite believe, you know, that on the one hand, you've just seen that and then you just walk through through a city and everybody's behaving like everything's normal. You know, it, 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 it's difficult coping with that sometimes, but you have to find mechanisms to cope with that. And I hope that through Viva, we've encouraged people to remain positive and remind themselves that once upon a time, they consumed animals um, and what would have actually influenced them to change. So I would argue that, you know, I'm talking in terms of the UK now, that the leading vegan movements um, have, have pretty much got it right in that sphere that you've just talked about. Um, and I would say, if anything, we need to be much more welcoming of um, people that consume animals because they're the people that we're trying to influence. So the whole thing of having the, the you know the words plant based that's just the natural evolution where vegans want to say hang on this is more than about just what you eat and what you choose in that restaurant because of course it is um, that's not a negative thing and, and the growth of plant based if you want to label it plant based foods instead of vegan foods what really matters is the growth of the movement and the growth of people going in the right direction. That's where my focus is. And I think that's, that's where it absolutely must be. Because if you look at even if you take, say, the, the Waitrose survey where they said, you know, I mean, they just surveyed 2000 people, but it was quite a detailed an unusually detailed survey. Um, the people that answered the survey obviously shocked at more than Waitrose because they wanted to get people across the across across the board. If you view their stats as being correct, there's something like 2.2 million vegans in the UK and around 8 million vegetarians, let's say. So 10 million in total. Then you've got about another 21 million flexitarians as they've been labeled. So people who actively are reducing meat because for an actual reason, you know, they're aware of the environment, they're aware of animals, they're aware of the health issues. But if you lump those 20 million people in with the people who aren't making any change at all, we're still looking at having to influence, let's say, if you take the children out of the equation, well over 40 million people in the UK. And it re I find it very frustrating that certain people within the movement get absolutely obsessively stuck on something very narrow and also obsessively stuck on criticizing other vegans by saying you're not vegan enough when they've got 40 other million people mm. there to actually have a go at who actually do consume everything they can get hold of, you know, and yet they obsess on criticising within their own movement in a way that is very um, nasty, actually, vitriolic and completely unhelpful. Um, and I think some of these people are suffering themselves from, you know, sort of secondary traumatic stress. I think they're not coping with the images that they have seen on videos or, you know, probably on videos, I was going to say, or, or you know, or firsthand, most people don't see it firsthand, of course. Um, I think that you know, they haven't got the, uh, they haven't um, recognised what's going on within themselves and coping properly with it. Um, and that's a whole other issue as well <laughs> in terms of vegan advocacy about how to put yourself forward. But I would say actually key leaders like uh, Melanie Joy, um, who Viva's fully supported and we've run workshops and we run, run training for activists, I'd say that we've been, you know, working together to be uh, responsible in terms of helping veganism being put forward in a way that helps others change. So I think that's all a good thing. Um, I think if you want to look at, if you want to look at things in terms of maybe criticism of women being leaders, I wonder if, for example, I was a man, 
that um, earlier on I would have diverted some of the resources into actively converting men and seeing them as an audience. The problem for me was in Running Viva is that we always strapped for money. You always want to do so much more than the money that you've got, as I'm sure you're well aware with your experience. It's a constant frustration because you want to do so much. So my approach was more to look at, for example, meat reducers as a whole and those bigger issues and focusing on certain issues um, for certain audiences. But it was very hard to take you know, decent chunks of money and say, right, we're only going to aim at men for this. Whereas as Viva's got bigger and evolved, now we are diverting funds into literally saying, right, our key audience for this is 18 to 26 year old men and we are finding that that works mm. just like we're now starting to invest in university students we simply haven't had the money to be able to do it before um whereas we are you know um putting aside a sizable sum of our donors money to literally just re reach university students and expand that whole program for all the reasons that everybody listening to this will recognize as being positive um you know, yeah, maybe you could lay that at our door, but like I say, there are reasons for it, you know. Yeah, and of course, that is a hypothetical question. Any positive things about the vegan movement, you can say that's because it's run by women as well. The, the growth <laughs> of the movement, the diversity of the movement, all these things perhaps would never happen had it been run or led by, by men. Uh, so both ways. But just as a final point, just about to finish, um, in the end, uh, veganism is not a gender-based thing. So veganism affects everyone, affects male, females, animals from both genders and everything in between. So uh, it's just a peculiarity that we have genders and so we can calculate things and, and do statistics and demographics. But the core of the philosophy is completely genderless. The philosophy itself, the lifestyle is genderless. And, and the goal, the vegan world is a goal where everybody, men, fem females, males, transsexual, people from all types of demographics have to be part of that world. Uh, so in, in a way, it's kind of a moot point to, to, to discuss this. But we are still in a gender-dominated culture, moving perhaps away from it. But veganism, being a progressive idea, is looking beyond that. And 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 it might be that it might be the first part of society that completely avoids the the, the gender controversy and become completely inclusive in all aspects. So, what 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 are your final thoughts about that? Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right. The actual philosophy of animal rights, which is its core, that is what it's at the core of veganism. It's the fact that we do not have the right to exploit or abuse either our species or other species. And, you know, to use our domination over the world to actually abuse, exploit and destroy is abominable, um, it's inexcusable. Um, and this therefore is not a male or a female issue. Um, it's become a male or female issue and we're discussing it because why are more females responding to it? But I think like you say, as time goes by, I think um, that, men are going to, you know, um, basically, I don't want to, I was going to say have the inner strength to actually stand up for what's right. But I don't want that to come across as a criticism of men. Um, because it's not how, you know, I don't feel any negativity towards men in that sense at all. Um, I just think society is shifting and changing. Um, we're becoming a very educated society. And I think people generally, and let's say women as well, because women bring up those men, you know, women are those mothers. So we are shifting as well in terms of what we are um, forcing on to our sons, if you like, because in the olden days, it would have been the mums who were saying you should behave in this way. And, you know, boys don't do this, girls do this, and I'm going to dress you in blue and her in pink. And all these things are being thrown out of the window because women are becoming more progressive and um, as well. So our society does become more progressive. Definitely men and women will equally see the value of veganism. And that value is, is core to actually saving the whole mother planet. Um, so I, I kind of almost think, Geordie, we haven't got any choice. People have got to wake up. And I think people are being shaken awake by everything that we know that's going on around us. Um, and people being less afraid to actually stand up for what's right. And you're right, Greta, 
has been so much at the forefront of being, you know, a young voice to actually say what's right. And it's been really interesting watching the criticism of her by people who are frightened by a young woman who's actually prepared to say the truth. But then that has been really useful because I've noticed, you know, like in terms of young men, them questioning themselves and their attitudes towards Greta and really pulling themselves up. Um, ultimately, I think in our hearts, the human race, we know we have to change. And in our hearts, we know that we cannot treat animals that the way we are and, and that the way we that, that the way that we do. We cannot um, use our domination as a force of evil, which we are at the moment, and for us to survive in any way that's positive whatsoever. So, you know, men and women, I think, will equally be at the forefront of pushing the change in the not too distant future. I see it changing rapidly all the time and veganism itself has exploded beyond, you know, all imagination really from just seven years ago. Things are changing very, very rapidly. Um, the whole arena is changing very rapidly. Um, and yeah, I think I think you're right. You know, women have, um, we can talk about the, the negatives, but yeah, you're right in terms of the positives of that, of the whole revolution that's happened. You know, um, women have been le leading that across the world. So um, I think that's incredible. And when I talk to women who work in male-dominated organisations, I think it's really important that women have been leading the vegan movement in terms of making it such an open, um, um, progressive place to work, uh, which I hope Viva people at Viva really do think. But I think in contrast to the more institution, the more traditional institutions, you know, we're miles away in terms of how we try and progress um, staff and. We, we we lead on collaboration, it's not competition, it's a completely different attitude, you know, to, to so many organisations out there. And hopefully that's made a real difference in terms of embracing people and um, taking veganism forward as much as we have been able to do so far on very little money, I have to say. I think we've done an amazing amount on incredibly low resources. So um, yeah, well done all the women out there. <laughs> Cool. Well, I think that's a perfect way to finish this conversation. <laughs> Thanks for all the women out there for whatever you've been doing so far, and hopefully we will be doing again and more and more. Well, that's the end, I think, of the conversation. We just got an hour, precisely the time. This was a very good time. So, well, thanks again, Juliet, for all your thoughts and ideas, insights, and knowledge. You have much more knowledge about these things than I do. Uh, so, and uh, I hope that you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Oh, thanks very much. Thanks for inviting me on. I enjoyed it very much, Jordi. No problem. Okay. Okay. See you. All right. Bye. See you in the next one. <laughs> okay. See you. Bye. Bye.